0: All right. Hello, and welcome back to the show. So I am super excited to be sitting down with a financial expert today, Danielle Hayden, and she will be sharing with us a lot of the best tips when it comes to finances as a business owner. And as we all know, that is one of the most important things as a business owner is our finances and the health of our business is determined by that very largely. So I'm super excited to be bringing her on the show to be sharing some of these tips with you all today. So Danielle, I want to welcome you to the show.
1: Thank you so much for being here. Um, this is my favorite thing to talk about is uh, finances for business owners. So I'm excited to be here.
0: That is awesome. So first and foremost, Danielle, I just really wanted to, if you don't mind, just have you kind of come on and share your story a little bit. Maybe tell us a little bit more about yourself, how you got into doing this and you know what that story and that journey has been like so far.
1: Yeah. So I had a um nice squiggly upside down roller coaster ride through into entre- entrepreneurship I think like most of us. Um I actually um have kind of married that creative brain so the right right and left brain I am right there with uh, so many uh business owners who believe that um if we're creative, we can't also be analytical. So actually started my career off as, um, as a hairdresser. So I was, I was doing hair, very creative, loved what I did, uh, talking to people all day, every day. Uh, but what I found was that there was a money game that we were playing in how to, um, you know, how to perform sales and how to work together as a salon to meet our goals, how I specifically can meet our, meet my goals. And it became this really fun game that I was playing. And um, I was going to school at the time. I wanted to open up my own salon. So I was planning on being an entrepreneur. I didn't realize I was going to take a 10-year detour into (laughs) corporate accounting. Um, Once I started taking some accounting classes, I realized that it was a numbers game there as well. And that running business is a numbers game. So I took everything that I had learned for, um, by hitting my goals at the salon uh, into my education as, as an accountant. Uh, and then I brought that into business. So I really just love playing the game of numbers so that we can hit our goals and thrive as, as people and ultimately business owners in this this economy. Um, so I took a 10-year detour into corporate accounting, uh, working with the as the CFO to for mid-sized business owners, um, worked with the board of directors, the investors, the management teams. I know it sounds like really exciting. I actually did love my job, despite what it sounds. Um, I got to learn so many amazing things from. Uh, from this, the, from the board of directors, from our, my management team on how they looked at the finances and how they use them to make business decisions. What I realized at that time though, was that I was arming the people who already knew what to do and how to do it with the information and that I could make a bigger impact by taking everything that I had learned and bringing that to entrepreneurship and helping entrepreneurs, business owners, startups, uh, solopreneurs, be able to use all that same information to play the numbers game and grow their business.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So that's actually really interesting that, you know, numbers excite you because I think a lot of people, they're quite the opposite. And oh, yeah. that might be right. And that might be the excuse that they use when it comes to not looking at their financials. They'll say, hey, I don't like numbers. They bore me. Um I get headaches. So if whenever you run into somebody like that, I'm sure you run into a lot of people as you work with them and, and talk to them, what would you say is like you know, to, I guess, like handle that objection and handle that excuse, because we all know this is, this is really important. If you don't look at it, it can really cause a lot of problems in your business.
1: Yeah. So I take a tough love approach here. Um, I'm a mom of two. And so I have, have learned throughout the years, like sometimes we just need a little bit of tough love. We need to just say it, what it is. If you are a business owner, if you are, um, if you are taking revenue, if you are taking in sales and spending money in tax deductions, as as um, as a person, then it is your responsibility to know those numbers because you are working with other people, you are hiring people, you have expenses and vendors that you're working with, and you are you are part of the economy. Um, at a larger scale. And so it becomes your responsibility to know your numbers as a business owner. And now look, I am not saying that you need to know how to work QuickBooks. (laughs) You don't need to become an accountant. Um, I always use the example of Canva, right? Like I should never, ever go into Canva. Like I should not be allowed to do that, right? Because that's not my zone of genius. (laughs) So uh, my team doesn't even share the password with me. So I am not allowed in that that software. And so there are so many business owners that you don't ever have to go into your accounting software get help, right? Like you can find you can find people and and teams and and companies who are here to help you so you don't have to become the accounting expert, but you have to have you have to arm yourself with the help to get the numbers in front of you. And then we need to just take our head out of the sand heal our money mindset around money and start to look at the numbers. You're not going to be an expert on day one. Just find a team that you can ask lots of questions, right? Like we have a no judgment policy at our firm where like our clients can come to us and say, you can tell me for the, you know, over and over. I have no idea what you're talking about, Danielle. Let's try again. Like, you know, like what the hell are you talking about girl? Like say it again. So we, we would just work with our clients, you know, to help them understand the information. So find a team where you can keep on asking questions like this doesn't make sense, but we can't use it as an excuse.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I love that you guys are, you know, kind of like, like you mentioned, like you guys have a pretty open book that anybody can go in and ask any questions because a lot of people, they do feel like these things are very confusing. And when it comes to numbers, right, right? Anything that's confusing is just gonna stop people right in their track, especially if they're busy professionals and they're really looking to move forward. They just see it as something that's, you know, essentially holding them back from building their business and growing. So what would you say to somebody who is thinking it like like that way?
1: Um, it's okay, right? Like it, it's okay. Like you're not alone, right? What you just said encompasses so many business owners. Again, it's just, we can't bury our head in, in the sand. Um, I think part of this is our money mindset around, around money. And, and here's a, like, I laugh every time I say the word money mindset, because when I started my business nine years ago, I kept on hearing money the word, the buzzwords money mindset. I'm like, what are you guys talking about? It's numbers, it's data. We just make decisions. And nine years later, what I realize is that so many of us have a story. Like we don't just all of a sudden create our business out of nowhere we have a whole story that we're pulling in with us so we have watched our parents and their stories around money we've watched our teachers our, our coaches our friends parents um our, the economy at large right like we've we've watched all these things on, unfold and so we're pulling all those stories into our own viewpoint and then all of a sudden we're supposed to grow a business and we're supposed to know the tax code and what to deduct and what not to deduct and how to deal with the IRS right so just understanding the fact that you're bringing all that into this business with you and go easy on yourself right like it, it's it's okay we have to heal our money mindset figure out why we're telling ourselves the stories that we are not to create an excuse but to be able to say all right I understand, you know, I watched my parents really struggle with money. And so now I want to hold on to every cent that I have. And I want to, you know, bury my head in the sand so I don't see how much I'm spending. Well, once you understand that, it's like, wow, okay, hold on. I need to let that go because in order for me to grow my business, I have to invest in my business or in order for me to to grow, I have to stop spending money so that I have money to actually invest. So it's just understanding that so that you can take a different action.
0: Right. Yeah. And I think that's what I've seen a lot as well It's it's more of a fundamental kind of ideal that really gets people or at least it stops people from making the right decisions when it comes to their business. Right. So they're not necessarily seeing reinvesting their money back into their business as something that's necessary. Or maybe they're like you said, they just would rather not look at how much money they're spending just because it makes them feel better. And it gives them, you know, a little bit more motivation to move forward rather than taking a look back at, you know, what they're doing wrong and having to spend the time to fix that before they can't move forward. But would you, you know, I guess like talk on the importance of, you know, or I guess like the risks of what not looking at your finances would do for a business? Because I'm I'm sure there's been a lot of horror stories that you've dealt with.
1: I could I could sit here and tell stories for for hours. I think the big thing especially in this industry is overpaying in in taxes and not having the opportunity to make better business decisions. I see way too many way too many people wait until the end of the year, right? So you're waiting until tax time and then you're putting together all your books, or you're, you're showing up to your tax accountant with a, a bunch of, you know, at this point, we're not coming with receipts anymore, but you know, you're coming right. with your bank statements, maybe um, some commission statements, you know, point of sale systems. So, you know, you're coming to your accountant at the end of the year saying, okay, put this together for me to be able to file my taxes. Well, guess what? You just missed out on the other twelve months of the year where you could have been making business decisions so that you lowered your tax liability, um, so that you were you could make a bigger impact, so that you could invest in your growth. I think the the worst story I ever uh, I ever had was a client who came to us. She came to us in November and she asked us to do what we call a catch-up. And the catch-up means that we pull all of her transactions from January year to date into QuickBooks, help them read the the financial statement. So this particular client, Jenna, we helped her get all of her information into QuickBooks. And she said to me, I want you to help me learn how to run my business at a loss. And I was like, okay, kind of an odd request, but all right, I'll ride with it. And um, the reason she was feeling that way is because she just didn't have a lot of cash in her bank account. She was she was running her business off her cash balance. It's not unheard of. So many people do it. They get a text message from their bank every morning or <laughs> once a week and yeah, you check your bank balance and you're like, oh, okay, I still have cash I can spend. Mm-hmm. Um, so she was running her business like that. Um, so when we did the catch up, I said, look, we have two pieces of news for you. Um, bad news that it's November. So we really have almost next to no time to make any changes to your spending strategies to minimize your taxes. So unfortunately you're profitable and you're gonna have to pay taxes. Um, good news is that you're profitable, but you're taking a ton of money in owner's draws and you're putting a bunch of personal expenses through your business. She had no idea and she had lost 11 months Worth of time to say, oh, hold on. Let me pay myself the amount of money that my business can handle. Let me understand my personal budget and how much money I need to take out of my business for my personal life. Uh, Let me understand um, how much I need to reinvest in my business so that, so that I can, I can continue to thrive. Now she had. Um, such a limiting mindset. Like she was not going to hire any more team member. Like she thought she was losing money. Right. So the next year, because she knew that she was profitable, she totally changed. Like her entire mindset shifted. We watched her. She's doing live events now. She grew an entire community and it's all because she realized how to read those numbers, how to pay herself correctly. Um, And now she understands what she's making. And she's like, okay, I can plan for my taxes and I can kill it.
0: Right. Absolutely. That's, that's so important, right? So just being able to see these things and being able to understand it, right? That's a completely two different businesses. If you want to think about it, one that's, you know, somebody who thinks they're completely in the hole and they're wanting to run their business at a loss versus, you know, the other side of that, they're thriving and they're growing and they're continuing to expand and feel the fire that is their business. So understanding that is so important. And it's really interesting you mentioned that as well, because I think, well, you know, just for our audience, a lot of people listening are, are real estate agents and they're going to be solopreneurs, right? They're working themselves and they don't really know, or I guess it t- it's a hard for them to kind of separate their personal with their business accounts, right? Especially, yes. you know, when they're working themselves, they don't really know like what they should be doing. So as far as somebody who was a solopreneur, who may be the only person in their business. What are some steps that they can take in order to be able to really separate that? Is it just setting up a new business bank account? Is it what are some proactive yeah. steps that can take?
1: I'm so glad you asked that question. So the big thing is to, se- to separate it. Um, even if you don't want a business checking account, because sometimes they they do right. charge fees, however, like Chase doesn't charge anything. Um So have two separate checking accounts, one for business and one, one for personal, your personal expenses do not go through your business. So, um, I know that there can be a little bit of a gray area about, you know, meals and entertainment. Am I talking about business? Am I not? But you know, right? Like, you know, if that was a business expense or not, when you're sitting there, you pull out the right card and you say, okay, I had dinner with my mom tonight. We didn't talk about. <laughs> Talk <laughs> about real estate, right? And you put that you put that dinner with your mom on your personal card. Or you talked about business. I don't know. Um and you know, you you can really be truthful with you with yourself. But when you're paying your rent, your mortgage, your um like the things that are very specific for your personal life, you run those out of your personal account. And when you're doing things that are very specific for your business, you run those things out of your business account. A lot of people will say to me, well, now I have to transfer money and I'm just transferring money back and forth. And that is the key as to why we need financial statements, because we have to know how much is coming in, how much do I need in my business to spend? Right. Like, how much money on average am I spending? Now, once I know that, I can be very specific about how much money I transfer to my personal account. And let's not forget about the fact that we need to know on average how much we're spending in our personal life as well. So, when we work with a lot of our clients, we do their business bookkeeping as well as our personal bookkeeping. So, they kind of get two sets of financial statements because you need to know how much you're spending personally so that you are, um, you don't need to overtake from your business, but we don't want you to undertake, right? Like a lot of people have to use our business account because they're not taking enough money in owner's draws. So we need to take enough money out of our business account so that you can survive. Now, why is this important, right? Like, why does all this matter? One, we want to be able to separate your business from your personal so that we can know is your business successful? Like, are you drowning your business because your business is drowning? Like, are you spending too much in your business or do you have a spending problem at home? <laughs> like, right. and if, and if you're married and you have a family that, that, you know, I just met with a client a few weeks ago who the business did not have a spending problem. Like the business was operating very clean, very contained and spending, but him and his wife, they had a serious spending problem at home. And so they had to take a lot of, a lot of money out of the business account in order to fuel their personal life. So understanding where you need to make cuts because it's not always a business. So it is so important that we have them separated. So when there's a problem, we know how to address where the problem problem is. And then from the IRS's standpoint, I don't want to scare anybody, but there's still audits right like we're recovering from covid and the IRS is hiring they they have time for audits now <laughs> unfortunately <laughs> they're back at it um and so we we need to have we need to make sure that we have clear clean and book, clean bookkeeping so that we're not exposing our our entire um accounts to an audit
0: yeah. And that's a really good point that you just brought up there, because I, think, I don't think a lot of people think too much about it. I know people hear about it all the time as far as audits go, but I guess, especially in a smaller business owner's mind, that is kind of like reserved for the big corporations. Oh, no. Right. So that's what I wanted to ask you. Like, yeah. what have you seen as far as risks goes for maybe even a smaller mid-sized business owner when it comes to not necessarily doing something illegal or shady on purpose, but maybe just not keeping up with their books or, you know, just being too confused as far as where they're spending their money that they actually got in trouble and what are the risks, I guess, yeah. associated with that?
1: Yeah. Um, you know, the, everybody has their own risk tolerance. So for me, my risk tolerance is, is pretty, pretty low. Um. But you'll, you'll want to find a CPA who kind of matches your risk tolerance if you have a high risk tolerance and you are willing to um, roll the dice on your on your audit, you might go after some more aggressive tax approach uh, saving approaches. Uh, for me, I, I I play a little bit more in the the middle ground, and that I really want to make sure that I have my eyes dotted, my t's crossed. I I'm, I'm not taking the rules. I'm 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 staying within that 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 gray area, right? Like I'm not. I'm not going too far, far out. So you want to find a CPA who's going to match your specific risk tolerance and, and for you, right? For you and your your business, because no matter what, there is an audit risk. You as a solopreneur, um, it is not saved for the big corporations. You, no matter what, have a risk of, of an audit. Um, so we just want to make sure that we have clean and clear bookkeeping, right? It's not to scare you. We just need to have, Clean, clear bookkeeping. We need to understand the rules and make sure that we're following the rules and your interpretation of them. And then work with the CPA who you know is doing their due diligence and helping guide you uh, to make sure that you are, you know, staying within your risk tolerance.
0: Right. Yeah. Absolutely. You never want to be just completely wiped out because something, you know, really an honest accident that a lot of people might just not see as a as a potential risk, but Mm you know, these things do happen, right? Especially I think as a CPA, you see, you probably see that, you know, more than more than anybody. Uh, Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, you know, one of the big things that, you know, a lot of people will want to know, especially from you is probably just, you know, what are some things that you see from a professional standpoint, that a lot of business owners might not be seeing or might not know when it comes to not just, I guess, like when it comes to tax savings, but I mean, that's a big one. But when it comes to, what numbers they should be looking at when it comes to tax season what are some things that they might be missing? Uh, maybe what are some misconceptions as far as you know what they can save on taxes that you know they really they really can't. So some things like that.
1: Yes. Well, this changes every year. So depending on, you know, when this airs and and what's passed and what's not passed, it it does change. So you'll always want to look up this year's rules about meals and entertainment. There was a lot of changes during COVID. Um, you know, there's every, every year, um, you know, your mileage, um, you know, there's a lot that changes every year. So I'll just leave, leave that piece piece there. So you want to make sure that you are working with your CPA to understand what are the changes this year? What do you need to be aware of? Something that we saw last year was a lot of people were still spending a lot of money on meals, um, and they weren't fully tax deductible anymore. And so people were spending money like they were going to get the full tax write-off and they actually weren't going to get that f- full tax, tax write-off anymore. And it was considered an owner's draw, that 50% was considered an owner's draw. So working with your CPA, I think the big thing, like if I could leave everybody with one thing, it is stop waiting until April. Um, I'm sure my mom laughs every time she hears me say this because she listens to a lot of podcasts I do. But my mom always said, Um, there's two things that we can be guaranteed of in life. We're going to die. We're going to pay taxes. However, every year in January, February, March, April, (laughs) May, people come to me and say, oh my God, I didn't file my taxes. I'm not ready for this event. And we need to stop being surprised, right? Because we know that we're going to pay, pay taxes. And the best thing that you can do for yourself is to start getting prepared during the year. So you want to be having the mid-year check-ins with your bookkeeper, with your tax account in the summer, right? Like when you're laying on your beach, that's when you're that's when you're emailing your tax <laughs> account. So I want you to start associating beach with taxes. So when you're sitting on the beach, you're emailing your CPA to say, hey, I need to have that mid-year check-in. What are the tax rules? What what should I be doing? Um, should I be looking at being an S-corp? Am I taking too much or too little in draws? Um, what do I need to do in order to close the year strong? And then that's not it. Like meet with them again, November ish, you know, October, November say, what do I need to be doing to close this year strong? And if your CPA is not willing to do that, it's time to find a new money team. Our clients, we meet with them from a bookkeeping and a tax perspective, July fourth quarter. And then again, at tax time your tra- your taxes should not be a transaction that you just drop off your papers and you get a return and you sign off on it
0: right yeah no absolutely so i think you know these are some things that are really important for people to look you know look towards and like you said you know associating beaches with taxes i think that'll make it <laughs> a lot easier for people to start thinking about it and i guess that's another question that i have is why do you think you know so many people try to avoid it even when they know that this is coming up is it just you know, is it more of a, I guess, an emotional decision for them not to want to look at this thing because they don't want to pay taxes? Uh, or is it more so of a, they just don't know what to do and they're confused and they don't want to spend time on something that they may have to learn again or something like yeah. that?
1: Yeah. I think it's two things. I have I have two kind of solid opinions on this. Um, one I call the report card effect. So go back to grade school. You received a report card once a quarter. And it told you, are you passing? Are you failing? Are you going on to the next grade? Are you enough? You know, if you had parents that grounded you, right? Like you might have been in trouble. You were grounded. You were told you weren't trying hard enough. Shame on you. Why can't you just be like your sister or your friend? <sighs> you know, um, there's a lot of shame that goes into this stupid report card. And Now I think we think of our financial statements, like we think about our numbers, we think about our taxes as a report card effect. So when you go to look at your quarterly financial statements, it's like, did I pass? Did I do good enough? Right. Did I bring enough in? Did I spend enough? Did I did I overspend? Like it's your it's your self-worth, you know, especially if you're really tied up into what you do. It it is this report card that you're getting, right? Yeah. Um, so I think that's a big part of it. So I think we're we're scared to see if we passed or failed, and if if our business is worthy enough of continuing on. Um, and so the same same with taxes. Um, I also think that there's the money mindset component. So you know, you we all have a money mindset. That you know, I talked about it before. We're coming in with all of these experiences, and so if you grew up with you know not a lot of money around, and then now all of a sudden you have success you could be scared of success, right? Like you might not uh, know and understand how to handle it and you're scared to spend it or you don't feel worthy enough. So you're spending it all (laughs) and then we get to tax time. And then we're told like, it's our, uh, you know, a statement of what, what did you do all year? So I think we're just avoiding it because we don't want to have to address our money mindset and we don't want to get our report card.
0: Yeah. That's actually really interesting. And I've, probably heard some similar things like this as far as you know the st- stuff that we experienced kind of like in our childhood really do have an effect on how we even make decisions as bu- business owners right into the future which is really interesting but no i think that's 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 the case right we talked a lot about this earlier in the show as well as far as you know looking at your numbers is really that's almost like the moment of truth when you're looking at your numbers right seeing how well you're doing because there's a lot of things right that business owners do, um, especially smaller mid-sized business owners where they're making decisions and it might seem like they're growing or moving forward, but when they look at their numbers, you know, it's not necessarily the case. So sometimes you just have to, you just have to accept the fact, right? Because if you're not taking the time to do that and maybe making some hard choices, right? Or maybe even just taking a reflection, look at yourself, which I think, I don't know, maybe you can touch on this as well. That might be the hardest thing for a lot of people. It's just reflecting on, seeing whether or not they've actually done well versus trying to convince themselves that they've been doing well based on other things that are not their financials.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, what we see is a lot of our, our clients who start getting success that they are outspending their success, right? Like as they get revenue in the business, they're spending just as fast as they're making. Um, and, And so looking at your numbers can help you understand, you know, is that trend line growing together, or is there some lopsided, <laughs> some lopsided trends going on there? Is the graph is the graph going the right direction? Um, and then and then I think it's just information for us to learn from, you know, rather than thinking of it as a report card of pass or fail. Like, what do I get to learn from this? So if I am overspending, if I am really excited about my success, and so I'm you know, just overspending in every area possible, both business and personal. It's not that you failed, right? Like I can now learn from that, ask myself some questions about why that's happening. It's an opportunity. It's an opportunity to, I like, I call it the clarity break. So I've been really big on this clarity break late, lately. We have a lot of clients who get their financial statements from us. And we we do what we call a snapshot, where we just highlight the numbers that they need need to look at in an easy to read format. And I think a lot of people, when they get that, it's like, they're waiting for the epiphany, the movie moment where like, <laughs> right? Like all of a sudden they're <laughs> la la la, you know, like, is it, is it like gold? I understand everything. I know exactly what to do. Like, no, you're not in a movie. And so it's not going to happen like that. So what we need to do is we need to take that financial statement. We need to take that snapshot. and We need to go ask ourselves some questions about it. Like, okay. I see that I'm not profitable. What happened? Like why? And really question yourself like like you're talking to your own board of directors. Question yourself and talk to your board of directors about why you did that. Or maybe you didn't spend at all because let's face it, overspending and underspending, like they are created equal. There are some people who are so scared to spend money in their business or take a draw because they don't know when it's all going to go away. (laughs) Like, okay, why didn't I spend any money? Like, I'm going to pay a lot of money in taxes, because I'm not spending any, I'm not reinvesting my business. Why am I so scared? So taking that clarity break, asking yourself some questions around that can allow us then to be able to learn from those moments. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I think it does. Because you know, that's, I think that's another good point. You know, the other side of overspending is underspending, right? There's a lot of business owners that don't invest or reinvest in their business because they're afraid, right? They, they're they in a good spot, right? Maybe that's a better problem to have because they're in a good consistent spot, but they're not investing and they're not growing. And maybe that was, you know, that's what's causing their frustration. So I'm glad you brought up the point of clarity because I think for a lot of and for a lot of people in real estate, right, you, you would think they're they're more uh, technical savvy, but from what I've seen, and this is not an insult to anybody, they're not really, and they like to keep things simple because they do move yeah. in a really, really fast-paced industry, and they, they, there's a lot going on, right? So the, the more you can systemize and keep something simple, the easier it is for you know any really anybody who's working in a in a solopreneur position. So how is it? You know, what are some things that I think people can take as far as maybe the first things they can look at, or maybe some things that they can do to maybe keep their financials simple. So that way, at least in the beginning, they can look at it and you know see things that you know are really important, and maybe not dig into some of the more technical terms, or you know maybe not dig into or separate into too too many different factors, so that it just starts really confusing them and putting too many too many things in their brain, if you will.
1: Yeah, I think the simplest thing that you can do, like you can go take action on right now, separate your business and your personal. Like that yeah. is the one thing that you can do that's going to be so easy. That way, when you go to work with your tax account, when you go to work with your bookkeeper, it's separate and they're able to actually do their job. If it's commingled, I can't tell you. When we work with clients who've commingled all year, well, we can do it. You know, we do it all the time, (laughs) but it doesn't make it easy. So use that to make it really simple for yourself.
0: Yeah, that's a good, That's I mean, that's a really good piece of advice. I mean, as for as far as I think, you know, what agents are doing every, from a day-to-day basis, do you think, you know, it's possible at all for them to, you know, or have you seen this, you know, as far as people making mistakes where they accidentally put something in their business account? Oh that gosh, should've...
1: it happens all the time. No big deal, right? Like right. if you're fundamentally separate, but like, yeah, a few transactions go on there. I mean, I recently lost my my personal card and I was at uh, Lowe's and I needed to make a big purchase. I was like, well, I guess this is going to be marked as an owner's draw because I needed to use my business credit card. It's the only card I had, and I wasn't going to not buy it. So I'm an accountant and I do it. So it happens. But the idea is that fundamentally, I'm not running everything through my personal card. Would I pay my mortgage this month? I'm not going to pay it through my 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 business. I'm going to pay that through my personal. So like, don't get caught up in the minutiae. Like, okay, now I'm going to have to pay back my personal or now I'm going to have to pay back, right? Like- right. If you have a bookkeeper, they're going to be able to put it in the right place. So, um, the other thing I would say is like, don't be afraid to ask for help. Like, I think the one thing, one thing that I've heard so many solopreneurs say is I'm not big enough. Like I don't have enough. I'm not enough. And the re- one of the reasons that we started Kickstarter County Inc. Is that every business owner, like solopreneurs deserve to have financial statements just as much as the person doing $5 million in sales, you deserve to have financial statements and you are enough. And that's why we've created what we've created so that you have the same level of, of service. So don't be afraid. Like you don't have to be a superhero. You don't have to do it on your own. You don't have to get organized. Um, ask for help. Just like I'm not allowed in Canva. Remember, like I'm not. <laughs> I'm not in Canva. You know you need support you you aren't expected to know how to do everything you have know, stay in your lane, be really great at what you're great at, and then ask for help and get some mentors.
0: yep, absolutely. I love that and Danielle, I want to thank you for being on the show today. You share a lot of value for us. I think I personally learned a lot as well. so for anybody who's watching or listening to this, what are some of the best ways that they want to continue keeping up with you and you know, maybe on your social media, or just to kind of reach out because they do need help and uh, they don't want to be in QuickBooks and they know they need to be locked out of QuickBooks, and so they need your help. What are some of the best ways to uh, reach out to you or follow you on different platforms?
1: Yeah, uh, we're hanging out on Instagram at Kickstart Accounting. Um, our website is kickstartaccountinginc.com. Um, you can check a, check out um, website. We can book a call, uh, learn learn a little bit more about everything that we're doing there, and then we have our own podcast, Entrepreneur Money Stories. So if this is something that you're really struggling with and you're like, okay, I need to go deep on 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 some of this mindset shift, you can check out our, our Entrepreneur Money Stories podcast and YouTube channel.
0: Awesome. Yeah, we'll make sure to leave the links to all of that in the description down below. But uh, other than that, Danielle, I want to thank you again for being on the show. Uh, before I let you leave, is there any last pieces of advice or any last tips you want to leave with us before I let you sign off here?
1: I think let's all throw out the report cards, right? Like yeah. let's um, stop thinking of this as a report card. Uh, we get to we get to learn and grow as as business owners. I don't care how small you are. Let's let's um, stop letting that stand in our way, and let's learn and grow together and uh, stay in our zone of genius so that we don't get burnt out and we want to continue on this journey together.
0: Absolutely, that was great advice. So thank you, Dan- thank you, Danielle, again for being on the show, and I want to thank you for tuning in. We'll see you on the next show. Take care.
1: Awesome. Thank you.